It's time for the Charter Chat Podcast. Please welcome your host, Juliette Lucero. For this episode, I'm doing a special COVID-19 coronavirus emergency session. I'm having Jennifer Caza, the executive director of Julian Charter School. She runs a hybrid model where it's part independent study, homeschool, part seat-based, where they come into the classroom. So wanted to do a little special edition for everything that's going on right now. And I will be talking to some more schools here in the near future about what they're doing during emergency times when schools are closed down. Welcome everyone. I am Juliette Lucero and you are tuned into the Charter Chat Podcast that features different charter schools from all over. On today's episode, I am speaking with Jennifer Caza, the Executive Director of Julian Charter Schools. Welcome, Jennifer. Welcome. Thank you for having me. This is a special edition with everything going on right now with the COVID-19 outbreak. So I wanted to speak with you a little bit about what your school, um, how your school was used to operate and now how your school is operating with the school closures across the state of California. Well, we're interesting. We are a non-classroom-based charter school. So we actually have six different charter schools in two different counties. Um, we've been paying attention to both the county offices in which our schools operate as well as the um, Center of Disease Control looking for, you know, the most current information on what we're supposed to do. We did not close school. Um, as you kind of have seen, the majority of schools do just because we're a virtual school in a lot of ways already. Um, we do have every school of our six, no, one of them doesn't, um, but the other five do have a site-based component. So we would call it a hybrid program where they're on site two, three, or four days a week, or even one when they're on learning center classes. And so they are used to um, receiving their assignments via Canvas, which is an online tool, and they're used to having home study, whether it's two days a week or on Fridays or um, longer periods of time. For example, around Christmas, we might take an extra week off, and the, the parents are doing the homeschooling at home. So it usually ends up, you know, 70% of the time they're in school on site and 30% of the time they're on home study in the classroom. And as a non-classroom-based charter school, we receive attendance differently. It's not butt-in-seat, which is what I call it for a traditional um, seat-based mm -hmm. public school, but it is based on work produced. And so um, the teacher is required to give a certain amount of days of work um, ahead of time, and then they collect that work, and they they determine the amount of attendance they're going to um, claim. So it's a lot based on the teacher opinion and based on teacher preparation. So as the teachers are sending out assignments to students, and when they ask for those assignments to come back to be corrected and or evaluated 
um, in order to grant attendance, they will be doing it the way that they've always done it. Um, some of the things that are a little bit more unique that our staff are talking about and doing differently um, might be like our Friday Learning Center classes. You might just think they're canceled, but actually we're trying to teach our teachers, not all of those know how to use Zoom and do a Zoom classroom where they can still conduct their um, their learning center classes on Friday. They just have to change their teaching style and mode. It's and so like our almost host, it's almost like you have to do an emergency training for all of your staff. Exactly. And actually we sent it out over the weekend. This is how you learn Zoom. This is how you get a classroom. This is how you set it up. And now our principals will be supporting those teachers who are having to learn a new method. But at least we have the systems in place in order to do that, um, to be able to support the children that are learning at home and give the parents a little bit of a break um, that they can still go to their learning center classes or they can still get some direct instruction from their credentialed teacher during a certain period of the day, et cetera. So um, it's new. And like I said, since we just made this decision Friday and over the weekend, tons of information came out. And in fact, today, Riverside County just sent out um, an email that they, in fact, will have schools closed until the end of April. And we do have a countywide charter in Riverside, which means at least that particular school will be till the end of April. Um, we have to think differently. And, you know, what, what was interesting that was kind of coming up is what about prom? What about grad night? What about graduation? And, you know, it's kind of a a day-by-day, hour-by-hour decisions we're making, but we have deposits down and kids are like, do I buy a prom bid or not? Or do I go get a dress or not? Well, you can always return the dress and we can always mm-hmm. reimburse the prom bid and all of that stuff. But it's like, do we, do we put this time, effort, and energy into it or not? And I feel really badly for the seniors who may or may not get these opportunities, or we might do them in June, you know, if we get, the opportunity to um, to commingle again. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think I think our, a lot of space. I think a lot of events and everything is just going to either be canceled or pushed back. And right with your school, this may not be necessary. But with the seat based schools, are they going to have to make up these days? I mean, how is that um, work? It will be. It will be interesting to see, you know, from what I've seen from the governor so far, he's saying we will pay you if you do these certain things. And he's kind of given a list and some of them are a little vague. I mean, I know the intention is, yes, schools will get money. Yes, teachers will get paid. Yes, classified staff will get paid. You know, they may think of, well, how does an instructional aid get paid during this time period if the students are at home and not there? Well, maybe they can do a homework hotline, you know, type of thing, or they could do a Zoom, you know, study group together. So there are those alternative ways. But I know one of the things that kind of made me question it was um, I think the governor had said that you give parents help with supervision of the children. I don't remember exactly how it was worded, but I'm thinking, so if you open up your facility to supervise children in order to get paid by the state, you would have all of those children in that program, probably <laughs> in that facility, which is going to be more than the 10, um, 
gathered at a time, which is what um, um, Riverside is saying at this particular point in time. So anyway, I think there's a lot of um, ideas out there that have not been that have not been vetted fully. And as this week continues, I think it's said by today, the 17th, they were going to have clarity on issues. And so, you know, we'll we'll hear what they have to say today and then make adjustments as we move forward. Obviously, you know, paychecks are important for the the staff of the school and education is important for the kids of the school. My assumption is state testing will be canceled. I don't think we'll we'll see yeah. that happen this year or be required this year. Um, but some sort of learning being done to be able to continue their education, it's going to be put on our um, docket to at least move them forward. And again, I don't know if we'll, we'll get them back in May because our school ends in May, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to do map testing to see if there was any growth from the January test to the May test. Um, it's just interesting times that we're in and this is a first for everybody. And so I think we'll learn from it, but we're going to do the best we can as the information comes down to hopefully try and earn the ADA or earn the money from the state to be able to support the staff and the children and the parents to the best of our ability. So is everything online now or do you, are you still doing um, packets for, for work for um, learning? I think some of our teachers have given instructions on packets just because they don't know how to use the Zoom tool yet where you can upload things. But again, as we, we potentially teach them how to do that, if this is an extended time period, then we'll teach them how to use the Zoom room and how to upload um, documents. Because I'm thinking of Friday, we were at one of our four-day-a-week academies, and that's when the board, we had a board meeting, we were talking about this. Monday and Tuesday, the facility was open to be able to get out Chromebooks and any materials that they may need, the packets the teachers had made, those kinds of things. But if this is going to be extended for another, well, we have, Easter, the last week of March for us, I shouldn't say Easter, spring break is the last week of March for us. So really it's 10 days worth of work with one week of, of holiday that we were thinking would, we would be closed for. If it goes till the end of April, during these 10 days, we'll be teaching the teachers who, are, who do not use Zoom how to use it and how to upload materials so that the parents can get those materials. And then um, if they cannot, you know, they don't have internet connectivity or they cannot get on there to be able to copy them and send them directly to the family. If you are a student, parent, teacher, or school administrator, and you are experiencing disruptions of normal learning through the COVID-19 coronavirus crisis, shoot me an email to tell me your story at charterchatpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, I see a lot of the corporations are providing some free resources now, like like Zoom, for instance, is giving students a free account and um, Spectrum and some other Internet companies are giving free Internet to the students. Um, yep. Do you know any it. other resources? I mean, <laughs> oh, on our website, we've been putting them all weekend long, but. You know, like you said, Spectrum was the one that happened to send 
you know, an email to me and I posted on our website that said, um, free internet for kids that need it. And then, you know, uh, KPBS is running all educational shows. Um, several of the online curriculum companies are saying free accounts for kids. Of course, they need the internet, but if they can get in the internet and if parents, um, can get those resources, then we've got it. Chromebooks, which I think a lot of schools probably have Chromebooks just because um, that's how they do their testing. I don't know if they have the volume that they need per per student. Um, but then there's been a lot of activities that have gone out that, um, you know, maybe a school could put together for their kids. I had a link on, you know, it was a virtual museum tour, but a second one that came out with um, works of art that are in museums that you could download, print, and send to kids to color. So you would be able to, you know, maybe choose one of those, and then they could do some research on the um, the uh, artist and all that kind of stuff. So there's lots of ways learning can be done. It's just that teachers are going to need a little bit of time to kind of put some of that together and think of their students, their classes, and the resources that they'll need in order to be able to do it effectively. So it's real learning and not just, oh, yeah, we're off for three weeks or we're <laughs> off for seven weeks or, you know, whatever, that really learning is going on. And, and how does it work with, like, the PE requirements or physical education? Well, that is 100 minutes every two weeks. And so that would be fairly easy for anybody in home study if you even took the dog out for a walk every day or if you had a skateboard or if you, um, you know, did some sort, if you have a pool and you did laps. Those are ways that you can kind of get some PE time in. I'm sure all of the AYSO and all of the, the sports activities are closed, but maybe you could work on um, sit-ups and those kinds of things that are tested in the physical education testing that are in-house things that you could do, you know, the sidestep you would be able to do inside, sit-ups you would be able to do inside, push-ups you could practice inside. Um, so those are, would be the way I would I would address PE um, in a home, home study world. And it's probably good for them to get outdoors and, and so they're not yeah. inside during this period of time it's good for them oh yes yes as long as it's not in a group more than 10 <laughs> and uh, we've washed our hands and sterilized another thing that I've seen which I think is a really cool activity for those that do have internet and some sort of device whether it's an iPad um, actually I think it has to be an iPad right now as it is iOS based but there is a program an app called go noodle and i was watching it on the news either last night or this morning you know everybody's coming out with new suggestions but um it is a interactive um application that actually you have to stand up in order to play and you put your iphone or your tablet or ipad in front of you and you play these games and you're actually physically moving um which which helps with that physical movement and not the sedentary um, situation most kids are used to doing when they're doing work on an iPad and a phone. And since so much is coming digitally 
to these kids, I think that's a great app to download uh, to get some physical movement in your life. And I do think, which I thought was cool, um, it has a mindfulness component to it. Mm. So I think that that's a good thing to be learning about others because, you know, you may want to go check on your neighbor that's a senior citizen right now and see if they need anything and that if you can do anything for them because those are the ones that are quarantined a little bit more than maybe a student is or a parent is. And just, you know, thinking about others, um, you know, you've heard the craziness of the stocking up of toilet paper and all of that. There are some people who don't have any. Right. <laughs> you know, if you have your stockpile and you can help out, it might be good to go to your neighbor and say, is there anything you need? Is there anything we can do? And just be mindful. We're all in this together. And stockpiling isn't going to help anybody. And so um, helping your kids with empathy and um, learning that this is this is a, a once in a lifetime, I hope, um, thing that they're going through. And, and with it, we can do some teachable moments. Would you like to be on the show? Email me at charterchatpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, I never thought that we would be going through something like this. We take everything, I, I never have everything for granted. And this is, this yep. is definitely different times. And I know people have even started some Facebook groups for their local communities to um, like bar, like trade for items that are needed. Cause yeah, the, the, the stores That's are great. bare. The stores are bare right Isn't now. It? I know. It is just amazing to me, though, how beautiful communities are when they gather together and are resilient to the situation. You know, it brings out creativity. It brings out innovation. And that we may learn a lot from this. We may learn a lot. Like you said, you know, we've been so privileged for so long. We don't realize hardship very often. And now that we're put into a new place, how innovative and creative can we be and compassionate towards others and empathetic that we we help out. So I love that neighborhood help, you know, app. Um, I actually, now that I think about it, we have a Julian connection. Maybe that will be happening in, in on that um, forum as well. So that's that's great to hear. I'm glad we're coming together and trying to work through this together. Yeah, we definitely need to. This is a the critical time and this is uncharted territory for all of us. Yep. So, yep. Um, you know, you, you mentioned you have a website for your school and you're posting a lot of these resources. Can you share that website with our audience? Well, it's actually on Facebook. It's on even though we're multiple schools, um, we have the J- JCS or Julian Charter School family of charter schools um, Facebook page. So it would just be Julian Charter School. If you type that in, our webpage would come up. And then from there, each of our schools are sharing off the main webpage to their six individual schools. And if anybody, it's open source. So if anybody sees it, whether it's... um a private person that wants to share it on their Facebook page so that all those parents who are at home with their children need ideas, can get ideas and or any other school that happens to see it that wants to share ideas. It's not, I I didn't generate any of it. I'm Mm -hmm. just um, taking what I am seeing on Facebook and sharing it out 
um, into our world. And I, I hope that we keep this going and um, give parents and teachers lots of resources um, that they'll need to be able to continue educating children through the crisis. Yeah, I know. I even been, I have, my kids are in daycare. So I even have been looking up things that they could do at home if, if their daycare happens to close down. Yeah. One of my favorite things, one, one of my homeschool um, friends did edible Play-Doh. And I thought, oh, my grandson has been asking for Play-Doh for I don't know how long. He must have gone to a birthday party or something. And they had Play-Doh. And I thought, that's one thing we're going to do. We're going to make Play-Doh. And we're going to, we have all the cookie cutters. We're going to do all of that. So, you know, when I have my grandchildren, that's an activity that we can do. Um, And art is easy. There's all kinds of art activities. But again, you should look on our website because there's stuff for those little ones as well. Um, posted that will give you some ideas and the hard hard ones sometimes are your teenagers or your middle schoolers Um, there's like a red checkerboard one on there that had some pretty cool ideas on it for the older students one of them that I just love I got a parent that didn't like it but it was um, to have your middle schooler or your high schooler write a note to somebody who's in a retirement home Mm -hmm. because Right now, they're banned from being able to see people. And one of the parents had said, but, you know, if you're touching it and you have COVID, which theoretically, if we're we're, uh, quarantined, we don't, but it could be, or the postal worker or whatever. But I figured by the time the letter got to the uh, retirement home, the virus would be off the letter or the retirement home could take them and yeah but but again you know it, it is something that we don't write letters very often anymore right. and again it's thinking of our senior citizens and that generation gap that I think would be um, an interesting thing for for a student to be able to do yeah so, I think I, I I was thinking about ordering some postage that can be delivered to my house online <laughs> so people, oh that's the there you go. All How's kinds it? of ways to do it. Or even to call a nursing home and see, you know, do an assignment where you could talk to a resident. That is not, a, you know, that is not a way to spread the virus at this particular point in time. So, and I, I'm sure they know, can get an interview a, of their life. Exactly. I'm sure they can get a history lesson out of it. <laughs> Absolutely. Not only could they learn a lot probably from, you know, the senior citizen, which is normal, but maybe the senior citizen can say, tell me what it's like not to be in, not to be doing normal school or to be, what do you think about going through this? And how long do you think it's going to last? I mean, it, I think it would be an interesting generational conversation for both um, yeah. entities. So it would just be, there's lots of ideas though. And again, once you read one, you can spin like this and maybe come up with some other ideas that, um, that will spark your creativity and your imagination. And, and that's, what's going to get us through this. You know, it's mm-hmm. just gonna, like you said, hard times, we're going to just develop new things and be resilient and come back. I pray even stronger than we are or we were before yeah. this, this hit us. Well, I think it'll be, uh, we'll see what happens in the next few weeks and it is ever changing on an hourly basis at this point. Yep. Yep. So, 
Um, yeah, we just want to keep reminding people to stay home if you're sick, wash your hands, clean the surfaces, just be very, very careful. So, yep. and hopefully it will be gone. Well, Jennifer, thank you for talking with me. I will have you on again when it's not so <laughs> much of an emergency situation for our schools and you could talk about what a normal day at Julian Charter School might look like. <laughs> Sounds good. And I'll go through my stuff and start pulling preschool ideas for you. I noticed your, your rainbow cupcakes which I thought was a very good idea as well. So yeah, uh, my, my son, preschool. my son loves to cook. So I made yes. sure I stocked up on flour and sugar. <laughs> there you go. We all need our sugar. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, and even through this crazy COVID-19 emergency that we have going on, we still need to remember to put kids first. Yep. So thank Always. You. Thank you, Jennifer. We'll talk to you again you soon. Bet. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Charter Chat Podcast. Be sure to visit charterchatpodcast.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Just remember to put kids first. See you next time. <laughs>